This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Mm, locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. It has a throttle. We'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen. Uh, Jen didn't have a bad thing to say about the new uh, Kia. Um, what is it? The Kia Carnival, Carnival mm-hmm. MPV, not minivan. The non-minivan. Not minivan, yeah. yeah. Because if you say minivan, the Kia police will come and arrest you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure the brand is called Kia anymore, by the way. <laughs> it's Knovchik. <laughs> Knovchik. It I looks, the new, I'm going to ruin it for everybody. I love Kia, by the way. <laughs> I think they're an awesome brand. Just like to preface this. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a sandwich, a thing sandwich. Can't say the word. It's a thing sandwich. It's uh, the new logo. And once I saw it, I can't get it out of my head. But if you're looking, if you have a device, a, a cell phone now, or a, you buy a computer, go look up the new Kia logo. It looks like a K and a backwards N. Okay. It to- t- when now you know that, you can't get it out of your head. No, it looks like the old Nine Inch Nails logo to me. Okay. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Kia Nine Inch Nails. That's right. <laughs> Nine Inch Nails. Nine, Nine Inch Nails. nails. Can we just call them canine inch nails from now on? <laughs> I don't think they'd be very happy. What do you drive? That. A canine inch nail? <laughs> I drive a canine inch nail. MVP. We're a good Christian. We're a good Christian center radio uh, mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And we no one knows what canine inch nails are. <laughs> the car brand, canine inch nails. <laughs> I drive a canine inch nail. You know, Ro- Rob's making faces in there too. <laughs> <laughs> Nine inch nails. <laughs> Anyways, back um, to the vehicle. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's not a minivan, it's a nine inch nail. It is. <laughs> oh James. my gosh, what? Poor James. James Bell, yeah. head of PR and social media for Kia. Yeah. Turn, I'm sending him this. <laughs> right, right now, he's standing in a pool of his own sweat. Because <laughs> he's like, never should have sent them the vehicle. Yeah. And you got two. Not I just one, we got two. I got the SX and the SX Prestige. Oh my gosh, what? Finish your sentence. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, what? It is amazing. Yeah. So first of all, 11 out of 10 on sexy. Finally, somebody has done what I've been asking for for a million years. Take an SUV and cross it with a not minivan. and <laughs> Well, with a minivan and make a not minivan. Make right. something that looks like an SUV but has the utility of a minivan. I wish my parents had this when I was a kid. Right. Lounge seats. In what the did your bag. parents have when you were a kid? Was it shameful? No, it was awesome. Oh. Well, it wasn't as awesome as this, though. Well, it was because my dad put a lot of work into it. Yeah. It was a, um, it was a Chevy panel van that he made into a luxury vehicle. Oh, inside. you know what we used to call those? What? Well, some, some old man would give sweets out the back. No, it's not like that. <laughs> No, it wasn't white either. (laughs) Inappropriate language for a car show. Right, move on. Anyways, what uh, what do you want to know? 
What? You want to talk about that vehicle yeah, or my dad's? No. Okay. No, stop. I love my dad's stop. Let's van. just talk about the, the Kia, the Kia not minivan carnival okay. MPV. All right. Multi-purpose vehicle. Right. Correct. Very Passive modern. Purpose. Very modern in the inside. Uh, the, the design on the outside is just stunning. It has the C pillar is that sort of brushed aluminum uh, textured. I so this is interesting. Like I have to tell you this. Squirrel. I went shopping yesterday yes. to buy Squirrel. groceries with my nephew Andrew. Mm-hmm. Awesome kid. Mm-hmm. My nephew Andrew, he's uh he's just in his thirties now. He's got three kids. Mm-hmm. Just you can't I can't tell you what a great kid he is. Um he's awesome. And you know, often I've been driving a hundred thousand dollar, two hundred thousand dollar sports cars, performance mm-hmm. cars and stuff. You always get looks. You get people glance over, go, I'd like to date you. I'd oh, like the to, Supra thing, yeah. You no, know, just people just want to be with you. They want to date you. They want to be your friend. You get y- very young kids coming up going, whoa. You right. get teenagers going, whoa. You get, you know, guys going, oh, dude, you rock. You get everything. Right. You get everything. Yesterday, I was in this thing. I'm getting thumbs up from moms. Right on. <laughs> getting, I love it. I'm like, woohoo, woohoo. Moms love me. Moms love me. I'm like, and and moms and dads together, like I was. I had say, like that's young families. Creepy. No, why? And now you're trolling for moms. No, I wasn't <laughs> trolling for moms. I was grocery shopping, sicko, sicko. I don't go to the grocery store to pick up moms. What's anyway. wrong with you? Hey, a lot of people meet at the grocery store. No, stop! I'm not at the grocery store to meet people. I was there to get groceries. Okay. So I'm parking, and there's young families in their cars. Like I'm talking about early twenties. My age, mm-hmm. and they're early, <laughs> and they're in the grocery store, sure. like loading groceries. Yes, um, and they they're like back in their car in early twenties, yeah. maybe a little car seat in the back and everything, and both of them like sit in the front seat, thumbs up for the Kia, for the Kia uh, Carnival. I'm uh, like, holy know, cow, I mama! Think, I think it's great. I think it's uh, it would be really good for uh, like a party bus. It's called a carnival. I mean, that I should know. give you a little bit. But that's what I'm saying. Like, have a designated driver. I mean, you got televisions in the back. It reclines. You got my, ovens, you know. One of my good friends, uh, Carl, mm-hmm. who You have is, friends? Yes. <laughs> a lot of friends. Okay. Who's an anchor at Fox 6 mm. in Milwaukee. You know, we just got him a yeah, Pacifica. Yeah, we talked about, yes. I think Carl's going to be like, why <laughs> did I not know about the Kia Carnival? But he'll only buy it in blue. Well, Remember, it's got to be blue. He's going to be mad when he sees this. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, you know what? I should ask him if we can FaceTime later today, and he's going to be mad as heck. I don't know. Yeah, he will. Uh, you think so? Yeah, because he's missed out on this awesome But anyway. does this one have uh, the vacuum sweeper thing in the back? No, I've only had it for 10 minutes. I don't know. I get it for the weekend. I get two of them for the weekend, so we can do a Fox TV piece on it, mm-hmm. and then uh, then it goes away. It's got the Ottomans in the back. It's got the TV screens. They yes, all come with 3.6 uh, uh, engines with a eight-speed transmission. They can tow 3,500 pounds. I mean, I read the press release, lady. That's I would, okay, so uh, did I. You, you saw me ramp it up and jam the foot down on the accelerator. All right. Enough. What was your favorite favorite feature on that vehicle? Um, the looks. I'm not, that's not a feature, is it? Well, you can say um, The screens, the two big screens on the inside. I like. That. I haven't been in the back yet. 
it, it lo- very looks much like kind of it very much it very looks much like yeah a mercedes Let's re- re- can we rephrase just, that sentence no it looks very much like would be a the mercedes. correct sentence i said it the way i want to say it uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. anyways uh-huh. don't you think mm-hmm. the screens <laughs> uh <laughs> but yeah I, I like sort the, of i like the led lights on the front yeah it's pretty all right uh also been driving uh seems like a little bit of a dive into something different mm-hmm. uh the rav4 hybrid oh should we talk about what's on the show maybe we should go there yeah before we run out of time mm-hmm. uh this you know the, there's a lot of stuff the rock star of the off-road world it happens to be something called the lexus gx i own one of these too um I know. and in america we treat them as luxury suvs but it's actually based on an suv called the prada which is worldwide that's the base of this vehicle and it's favored by off-roaders. You Wait, always did think. Did you say Prada? Yeah. That makes more sense. Go ahead, keep going. What do you think I said? No, I was just checking. Okay. Um, and around the world, mm-hmm. and you always think Wrangler and Forerunner and uh, those type of vehicles for off-roading. Mm-hmm. This is actually uh, one of the most famous uh, f- off-road vehicles around the world, everywhere except the United States. The nearest that we have to this vehicle is the GX. Um, and I own one, and we're going to talk about the Lexus GX uh, coming up on today's show. We're going to yes, have a we have Maggie. specialist. Maggie's here. Yes. Uh, Ford adds uh, some new Explorers, some really nice ones, uh, on today's show. We're also going to talk about uh, one of the best value trucks on the market. Uh, that happens to be the Nissan Titan. What happens? What happened with the Ford Frenzy? That was their... Uh, March Madness thing with cars. We're going to find out who won that. Inside scoop on what's really going on at Tesla. And uh, we'll talk new Hyundai Tucson. I have actually been driving uh, the RAV4 hybrid this week, which I think is one of the most underrated. RAV4 is a huge seller in the United States. I think it's the number one selling SUV uh, around the United States. Uh, Great capacity. It's one of the leaders in its segment. It is the leader in the SUV segment. It's the leader in its segment. Uh, It has managed to really stay ahead of the curve and the hybrid is one of the best vehicles out there. The plug-in hybrid is what most of my friends feel is probably the best uh, plug-in hybrid out there. I would say auto journalists, and I would agree with them. For 2021 now includes the XLE premium grade. Uh, The RAV4 hybrid models uh, really gets you off of the gas as much as it was. Um, new 18 wheels, a power moonroof, LED uh, projected headlights with nice chrome bezels, high beams. It comes with uh, the daytime running lights, which are LED, integrated fob lamps, uh, dual zone automatic climate control now, which I like because Jen likes it at 1,000 degrees and I like it at human temperature. Leather trimmed <laughs> tilt telescoping three-spoke steering wheel with uh, silver accents, nice five-passenger seating, which has that nice soft text trim seating surfaces. Eight-way power adjustable driver's front seat with lumbar support and four-way adjusted front passenger seat uh, because Jen doesn't need it adjusting as much as I do. Uh, 4.2-inch uh, digital multi-informational display, 7-inch touchscreen, six speakers, uh, has the CarPlay and the Android Auto, and Alexa. Uh, USB ports for everybody, hands-free phone capability as well as the power uh, back door. You've got to have that. What? Well, it's funny is because it's kind of nice. It has the hybrid for Nick. Yeah. And then it has the um, off-road one for me. Oh. How many times have you towed your boat out in the last year? You don't need a boat to go off-roading? Three years. You don't need a boat to go off-roading. Four years. Again. When did you last tow your boat? 
That has nothing to do with off-roading. All right. So coming up in the show, <laughs> uh, uh, plenty more to talk about. We have uh, we have some good stuff coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking, if you can stand the weight, we're going to be talking about that brand new Lexus GX. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have someone from Lexus on. Talk about luxury off-roading. Oh, that's all coming your way. Stand by for more Our Auto Expert at OurAutoExpert.com. And we'll talk about boat towing and how Jen hasn't done any of it. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show, our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. So, I decided to purchase a vehicle in uh, 2018 and looked around at something that was going to last me a million years. I wish it would. Uh, Something that was going to last me a long time. I had had a Land Rover Discovery 2. And the trouble was I was driving it so infrequently that the battery would go flat all the time mm-hmm. and I had to charge it. So I wanted something it. that would start if I didn't drive it for a few months <laughs> and it was pretty bulletproof. And came down to a 4Runner, Toyota 4Runner. I could dump the dogs in the back. Mm-hmm. That would do good off-roading. We'd go somewhere fun. And uh, a, a Lexus GX. Those were my two choices. And I found a, a relatively good price Lexus GX, um, just the low $30,000 range mm-hmm. uh, with 26,000 miles on, two years old. Um, so went, yeah, going to go get it. Uh, got it. I think it has about 27,000 miles on it now. It's worth considerably more than I paid for it because car prices have gone up. Will you give me the hand sign? Yeah. Am I talking too much? Yeah, I want to hear Maggie talk about uh, it. Yeah, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> And uh, so I've kept it, and uh, it's been an incredible off-road vehicle, and the dogs absolutely love it, um, and I'm in love with it. But the new ones, I see them all the time go, ooh, maybe I should buy a new one because they, they're really nice. But uh, Maggie, it hasn't really changed that much over the years, but it's still a super popular vehicle. Ultimately, though, this vehicle is kind of the off-road king outside of the United States because the platform it's based on is sort of what is used around the world as sort of the off-road platform for many vehicles for uh, Toyota Lexus, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the GX is really one of the most versatile luxury, luxury SUV vehicles on the market today. It has a body-on-frame construction, so... You know, they don't make them like this anymore. Um, it, it's a pretty confident and commanding vehicle, like you said, Nick, on the road, but but also specifically off the road. Um, it's powered by a 301 horsepower, 4.6 liter V8, generates 329 um, pounds foot of torque, um, and it's got 6,500 pounds of towing capacity. So, it's built for, you know, long family vacations, maybe in the mountains, or maybe you're more of a lake or coastal person. Maybe you can pop your dogs back in the trunk. Um, but, yeah, if you're interested in hauling boats or jet skis, um, GX is the model for you. Yeah, it's, I like to call it my indestructible friend because it's <laughs> – and, and I always worry that if you update it, um, at uh, at Lexus that that it won't have the V8 and it won't be so indestructible because a lot of ma- a lot of manufacturers are under pressure to sort of reduce engine sizes and weight of vehicle. But 
I'm absolutely in love with it. And the, the, you know, the technology, the robustness of this vehicle, a lot of enthusiasts like to buy the GX and modify it. I see them all the time with these big cattle guards on. And this is a luxury vehicle. And they put cattle guards on the front and they, they do lift kits on them. I mean, and that speaks to how robust the vehicle is. And you never expect to see that on a Lexus. But I guess that, that's because it's so strong. Yeah, I mean, it, it dominates, really. But I would say for the 2021 GX, which you definitely should consider, um, we have focused a lot of our upgrades on just making the interior even more luxurious than it already is. So on top of the, the prowess it holds and the, the off-road overlanding space, um, you know, the craftsmanship inside is, is pretty unmatched. We have a beautiful, you know, semi-aniline leather trim, it's got an amazing texture and feel. Um, the interior is so spacious. So it fits up to seven passengers. So in addition to your, you know, off-roading trips, it's also great for the family. Um, my personal favorite are the the heated second row captain chairs. Mm. Um, if you happen to be lucky enough to get chauffeured in the DX, which I'm, I'm still looking for a chauffeur, uh, the heated second row seat uh, captain chairs are, are up there. But Specifically for, for 2021, um, you know, again, we focus on the interior quite a bit. Um, so including a heated steering, wood steering wheel available on our premium and premium plus packages. Um, we added acoustic front side glass to all GX models. And like you said, Nick, we're, we're really known for our interior quiet cabin experience. And that just reinforces it. Um, some really smooth handling on the GX. And then also the 2021 GX is now compatible with Amazon Alexa. So just bringing all the functionality of Alexa into the GX experience, making it a little more um, seamless into your, into your, you know, overall driving experience with some more tech forward features. And I'm sold by the little things like red leather. Cause Correct. that, Crawl control. Well, crawl control is sort of a, a Toyota win in all in all of their all of their sort of off roady vehicles. But red leather, ooh, that dark sort of I don't know if it's actually called red, but what is the color called? That dark reddy color that you have on the leather on the inside. It is a Rioja red, and oh. it is absolutely stunning. Um, I, I mean, it's one of a kind. So definitely something that speaks for itself on the GX. Yeah, it's when I saw that I was like. And sold uh, that, you know, you don't often see SUVs that come out with that sort of uh, beautiful interiors. They're always dark black. And I get so bored with that, especially when you have dogs. You're always looking for interiors that are not black because German Shepherd hair shows up on black leather horribly. So I'm always looking for something that's just a little bit colorful to just try and disguise that. Uh, what are the starting prices of the new GXs and uh, the 2021s, I presume, are already in dealerships, right? Yep, exactly. They're already in dealerships, and the starting price is just below, just below um, 54000 MSRP. So we're right at $53,450. Um, so, so thinking about really everything you get with the GX, just in terms of its off-road capability, but also all the functionality it can have in your day-to-day -day life. Um, it's really, really a phenomenal 
uh, a value proposition for for this particular SUV. My only challenge now is I'm I'm not allowed to bring anything else home, so I've got to start selling things to, before I bring another vehicle home. <laughs> well, if you sell your old one, then you just replace it. All with right, the new stop! One. You're just enabling me. Stop it! No. I, you saw my driveway. God, I know. There's I 11 cars the in my driveway today. Uh, <laughs> Maggie, thank you for joining us. If you want to take a look at my GXS and videos online, more Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is Our Auto Expert Radio Show. Our Auto Experts on Facebook, Instagram, and you can start a conversation with us on Twitter. Uh, all you have to do is send us a car question. Just message us at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. All right, so a lot going on in the news world, and we thought we'd update you with some of those stories. Of course we would. Uh, just check out the fact that uh, Mustang Mark E GT order banks will be open on Monday, and you can, if you've reserved one already, you should be completing your order very, very soon. Um, those emails will be flying your way, so you can actually just fill out the final details, and the vehicle should start delivery very soon. The high performance EV will be uh, amongst us on our driveways as soon as you've completed those orders. The final piece of the Ford Mustang Mach-E puzzle falling into place. When the electrified Pony uh, debuted back in 2019, the rollout had the most powerful Mach-E slated for deliveries uh, in the late spring of 2021. That time, of course, now upon us. And it appears the GT order banks are uh, finally open. So we'll look forward to that, completing our orders. I happen to be amongst those people that ordered one. Uh, that's uh, Those members in the forums are quite excited, posting email snippets of their reservation uh, holdings now being converted into orders uh, and, and being open. Uh, the messages started arriving on April 19th uh, for people to complete those orders, uh, finalized on the 28th. Curious to see if anybody amongst our listenerships has them for dealers uh, really excited to see those orders start flying in. If you decide to cancel your order, by the way, some of those dealers will receive those vehicles and they already have people waiting in line to take them. Uh, the MSRP starts at $60,500 uh, when the order banks open for the complete pricing and information. Um, and uh, so you should be prepared to finish your orders. Mini has now got the Oxford edition heading to dealerships. If you thought minis were a little bit out of your price range, Think again, my friends, because Mini is now offering the Oxford Edition under $20,000. It includes heated seats, LED headlights, and a touchscreen information display, and more in the era when the average new car costs about $40,000. Affordable almost seems like a banned word in the automotive industry, but those looking for a deal could look at the Mini. The company has just launched the Mini Oxford Edition in both a two- and a four-door guise, uh, continuing to really offer the brand and making their efforts to package uh, many of the features at a lower price. The two-door version starts at $19,750, with a four-door model costing around $20,750, excluding destination. You know, uh, they didn't initially offer this to just the guys in the military, um, and several services. However, now able to offer this to a lot of the people who are uh, 
everywhere. I mean, there's no restrictions, I think, if I take a look at it. Absolutely no restrictions for anybody. So that's a really good deal. Um, the idea that if anybody wants a mini Oxford edition, they can get it. The Oxford features, of course, uh, satisfy most customers' standards for equipment, including the 8.8-inch touchscreen infotainment display with Apple CarPlay and a digital instrument cluster, a front collision and lane departure warning, a 12-month Cirrus XM satellite radio, LED headlights, uh, and, of course, Union Jack head um, LED headlights and Union Jack tail lights. Uh, Mini also features the dual zone automatic climate control, heated front seats, and the authentic uh, headliner upgraded to a seven inch dual clutch transmission. Required requires a uh, $1,500 extra package, and the Oxford uh, Plus package, which you can get on these vehicles as well, does come with that. Uh, panoramic sunroof, which uh, all of those extras, you could probably put about about $2,500 on it. Uh, I don't know if you've been watching some of the automotive news, but there is a new VW in the family called the Taos. It has arrived. Taos. Have you said Taos? Taos. Yeah, some people call it Taos, some people no, call it Taos. VW said it's Yeah, Taos. but you know something? If you're from the town in New Mexico, some people have said Taos. Anyways. Yeah, but VW call it Taos. Mm -hmm. T. A-O-S. Like the drink. There's a drink that used to be called that. Well, if you're drunk, I mean. No, I didn't say drunk. I said a drink. Oh, okay. $22,995. Uh, it's, it's made in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Does that bother you? I don't know. Should it? I'm d it was a question. I don't, I, I'm not going to give you the answer. Does it bother you that it's made in Mexico? It bothers me a little bit, but it's. I would rather see that than a communist country. Uh, things bother you if they're made in China, don't they? Mm-hmm. But they don't bother you if they're made in Mexico. Mm-mm. 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 Well, mm-mm. Mm no? I'd rather have American-made, yes, but... Right. I'm just asking. It's a question. Yes. My Bronco Sport's made in Mexico. Uh-huh. doesn't bother me. I mean, it... I'd like it to be made in Mexico. Um, not made in Mexico, made in America, but... Exactly. But it's not. That's the one thing that kind of gets me. The two founding companies, you know, like Ford and Chevy. To me, I'd hope that they would be made in America, but they're really not. One of the biggest problems is if it was made in America, it cost $5,000 more. So? It's American made. It's jobs for American people. Would you pay $5,000 more for exactly the same vehicle if it was made in America? Yeah. All right. So here we go. Chevy truck. Identical Chevy truck, uh -huh. exactly the same. Yes. You pay five thousand more. Yes. Okay. Just because question. I know. I'm not challenging you on anything. Okay. Put your fists down. <laughs> not challenging you. No, it's to a duel at sunrise. Uh, well, that would be just fun. asking. Yes. Okay. I wonder how many Americans would do the same. And uh, would you do that for every product? I'm real picky when I go shopping. I am. I look yeah. at every tag. I see where it's made. I know you do. Yeah. Because your son was in the Navy. No, it's not that. It's because my family worked for a car manufacturer and their facility went to Mexico. That's part of it. The other okay. thing is, is I believe in Americans and American jobs. So That's very honorable. I'm just wondering how many other people would do that. I mean, I feel, I feel like that for a lot of stuff. Would know. you put Korean tires on your car? Not if I had, I mean, if I didn't have another choice, maybe. And that wasn't the question. I'm just saying, no. <laughs> Gets sticky, doesn't it, after a while? It's really hard. Would you buy an well, American? Would you buy a, all right. I, I mean, 
you I mean you could try to do right. everything it's American, too complicated but you just can't. it's too political <laughs> it's How about too, you, it, Nick? it's it's what about you I I don't know I don't I'm not I, I wasn't a big Apple fan uh, I used to buy Samsung uh, but ultimately Apple's an American company uh, but all, all this stuff's made in China anyway I know so I know. Did, did I win or did I lose I don't know. I don't. I think I probably lost. Whatever lets you sleep at night. I don't know. I don't sleep. You know me. I know. I don't <laughs> sleep at all. Um, so it, th- this is a very tough question. It is tough. Um, but so. it's your second major purchase beside your house, so it's something that I try really hard to buy. Um, it, it's a difficult one with cars, too, because a lot of these companies um, actually have plants here and have american jobs correct like toyota vw who else nissan right and i think it isn't it the corvette is the only chevy that's truly american uh it's very difficult some of them are made in canada did you see this video of this lady at the shanghai auto show no all right so it's just tesla owner at the shanghai auto show and you know, like Ooh, I heard about this. You don't you don't mess with the Chinese police. Just telling you. You heard a bit of the audio there. So she decided to do is her brakes failed on her Tesla. And she decided they weren't she wasn't getting any luck from Tesla. She decided to stand on top of the Tesla booth on top of a car <coughs> and let everybody know she was unhappy Good with, for it, her. with it. So let me fast forward a bit. She's standing on top of this car, and everybody's filming it. Um, and she's standing on top of the car, screaming, and everybody's filming it. And the police are trying to get her down. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, and, th- and now the Tesla people are trying to put an um- umbrellas up around her so nobody can film it. Oh, that's hilarious! And she's screaming, you know, Tesla, take my car, burn it, you know, whatever. I can't. I don't speak Mandarin, so. And she's screaming, and and it's all over social media. Just the the video I'm I'm showing you or playing you the audio from has a whole bunch of views, like ninety thousand hmm. views. But there is, and and then the police arrest her and take her off. I guess it's one way to go get attention that your Tesla doesn't work. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't. I'll tell you right now. I wouldn't go to mess with the Chinese police. Just just saying it now. Just saying it. Not. Something I'm going to do. All right. Uh, still lots to come up in the show. Uh, we're going to end up talking about, uh, in the next segment, about the brand new uh, Ford Explorers. They have come up with new trim levels to get mm-hmm. you into sporty versions of the Explorer. Uh, they've decided that if you want a performance version of a Ford Explorer and you uh, may have been priced out of that, because I think the ST started at $50,000, uh, Ford have come up with a way for you to get into sporty Explorers um, but not pay the huge price that you may have had to pay to get into them. So they've come up here with enthusiasts' versions of the new Ford Explorers that come uh, come together with a decent price. Um, but they've, you know, the, you, everyone likes an ST version of a Ford, right? That's, oh, yeah. That's their performance version. Yes. But you don't have to get the all-wheel I prefer, by the way, non-all-wheel drive versions of sport vehicles. Yeah. Do you, you know like why? Do you know why? Well, you tell me why. Because you can't do burnouts in a all-wheel drive, and that just makes it pointless. 
<laughs> Why would you want an all-wheel drive <laughs> performance version? No donuts either. Or drifting. I mean, just take it away. Who wants an all-wheel drive vehicle if you can't do That's donuts? That's why I have traction More to come on our auto expert standby. You're listening to our auto expert. Over 12,000 people have downloaded our auto expert podcast and many more streamers. Join the happy listeners at iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert Radio Show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from Our Auto Expert. Well, Ford Explorer launch was just across the border from where we're sitting right now in Washington State. Uh, We had a great time with it. It's got lots of amazing features. Of course, it's been the pinnacle of its class of vehicles, uh, going all the way from the very base two-door model that I owned years and years ago, all the way up to the newest and latest vehicle, American-made, American-built, and American-designed. And the GT, of course, being the, uh, the ST, sorry, being the pinnacle of performance in it but uh, Ford have actually come up with some really exciting new trim levels uh, of the vehicle and to explain them to us is Lee Newcomb uh, who is a Ford as Explorer marketing manager so uh, explain to us first of all Lee uh, Ford came up with these uh, new trim levels um, for a specific reason to make sure that people could get in to the vehicle for a great price and also have options when they wanted to get into an Explorer. But it's specifically rear-wheel drive on the ST, is that correct? Hey, Nick. Good morning. Good good to be with you. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah, so great news on the ST. We've got a new version of the ST called the Enthusiast. Uh, we really wanted to uh, make the on-road performance a little bit more approachable for some of our customers. So we took the already great ST and we just kind of distilled it down to its essence and built it around, you know, power, performance, and looks with a starting price under $49,000 for 410 horsepower. It's a, it's a pretty good value. So we're I, excited to bring that to the market. I have to tell you, I love the ST idea, and I don't take my vehicles off-road that often. If I do, I'll take a vehicle that's specially made to go off-road. So I like the idea of rear-wheel drive, and I like the idea of 410 horsepower. Did you think of me when you when you designed this? <laughs> you know, we have a lot of great, passionate engineers, and um, we had a out at one of our Virginia Speedway tracks uh, a couple, maybe a year ago, and um, they tested out the rear-wheel drive, uh, and they just loved it. And they said, look, we've got to bring this to market. So... Yeah, in a way, we were thinking about you, and um, it's a really exciting product. Customers really wanted a spirited drive, didn't they, out of this vehicle? Um, but at the same time, you know, the, it has that EcoBoost engine in it, the three-liter, um, making that great horsepower. And so that, you know, it doesn't suck the gas. It still gives you good performance. Yeah, I mean, it gets a combined fuel economy of 20 MPG, so good overall fuel performance. You know, the, the front-to-rear front weight ratio on that ST is pretty balanced. Uh, so when you when you get the – it's just got great driving dynamics, uh, and the 400 horsepower just really moves you along and through a great torque curve. So very fun product to drive. 
tr- you know, rear wheel drive, of course, uh, makes track performance an awful lot of fun. And for those people that live still above the Mason Dixon line where it snows, if you live in a, in snow country, a lot of times, uh, rear wheel drive is still something that you want because you can navigate through pretty much any conditions without heavy snow, uh, quite, quite well on it. And I actually prefer a rear wheel drive vehicle unless I'm going into really difficult situations because uh, it's, it's much easier to control the vehicle. The price is pretty astounding though too. You, you manage to sort of keep that down low without getting it too high, but it's not the only vehicle. Now I see there's also uh, um, a hybrid model for 2021 in the Platinum. Yeah, so we've had a great response to our hybrid on our limited series, uh, and we just thought it was a no-brainer to bring that into the Platinum uh, lineup. It's it's all about technology and luxury, and, you know, hybrid fits right into that mode. Uh, it really makes Platinum even more approachable with a $53,000 price point. You get the hybrid, you get more range, you get better fuel economy, but you still get all the luxury uh, and leather and technology that comes with a Platinum series. And so that also boosts the fuel economy for people as well. I'm sure it's better than 20 combined. Oh, yeah, 25 combined for our four-wheel drive tabs. So great range, great fuel economy. 26 in the city, actually, too. So great great driving performance. You can go a long way on a tank of gas. And what are we talking about starting price for the hybrid? Hybrid starting price is just over 50000 and that's a four-wheel drive uh, hybrid. And... Um, so, yeah, really approachable. Uh, you have a lot of technology and luxury at your fingertips for that price point. I'm always proud, too, because obviously I do WGN in Chicago, and, and I, I'm always I'm always proud when I'm on WGN to tell everybody, you know, this is where explorers are made. Um, and that's a big badge of honor for Ford is the fact that they're Chicago-built, right? Yeah, Chicago's been a great uh, great plant for us. Explorers have been there since 2010. Uh, we've sold just over 8 million that have been built out of there. Uh, they're great labor force, great plant, uh, great city. We're excited to be there. You know, Ford's all about American manufacturing. Uh, we hire more. We have more UAW uh, employees than, than any other OEM. Uh, so that's a real proof point, and we're very proud of that. Now, Explorer is, is a nameplate that's uh, really vested uh, for Ford. Uh, this still remains as one of the top sellers for you, and it still remains as one of the top sellers in its class. What's the magic of Explorer? Why does it keep on uh, hitting it out of the park? Yeah, we are America's all-time best-selling SUV, so no one has sold more SUVs than we have. Uh, I think we essentially invented the category with the three-row SUV, uh, started out early, we gained our that trust with our customers, and you know we continue to innovate and uh, and create more offerings, a more broad offering for our customer base. Uh, we have a very interactive customer base. It's always giving us feedback on where we need to go next with the product, and I just think that creates a great relationship, um, and has really led to a lot of success that we've had on Explore. And I still think it does scare me a little bit because every time one comes up behind me on the freeway, you never quite know if it's a cop car or not. <laughs> They all look like cop cars, especially the antenna. It always frightens me. I just, oh, oh is it a cop? Is it a cop? White I'm not sure. Those it doesn't matter. Oh, white or black. It, it, I like, never quite oh. know. Any dark color, you're just like, you just slow down until you're absolutely <laughs> sure. Because uh, you never, and it's the same for everybody. It's that magic. Even more explorers on the road, the slower traffic is going to move. Because mm-hmm. you never quite know. Sure. Never quite absolutely sure. Uh, 
that you it were... is funny. The one telltale I'll give you your, your, your oh. listeners. The one telltale is co- uh, cop cars don't have the roof rails. So if you see uh. kind of a flush roof with no roof rails, that's the that giveaway. But hey, my heart always skips a beat too, and it always takes me a minute as well. And and I work for the band, so. <laughs> Uh, you're not alone. Yeah. Well, thank you for that tip. Fa- thank you for giving us all palpitations there, Lee. The whole country. <laughs> the whole country. Uh, <laughs> Lee Newcomb is the Explorer Marketing Manager. Those two new Explorers uh, are uh, obviously trickling into dealerships right now. Um, exciting to see them. If you're an enthusiast and you like speed for the ST rear-wheel drive now, you can get that. And also the the new platinum version of the hybrid. It's exciting to see those. And reasonably priced, great fuel economy. I'm excited. I haven't driven one yet, but I'm sure it's in the cards for me very, very soon. Thank you, Lee. More Our Auto Expert on the way. Going to find out a little bit about one of the best trucks for the dollar. That's coming up. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the Northwest to the Southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is Our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen, who's just been on top form the whole day today. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, that was a joke. Yeah. Um, Thanks. I was just digging in your side. That's okay. Ah, the next segment is one of my favorites. Is it? Yes. Today we're going to talk about difficult sidekicks. <laughs> Correct. And the mine is Nick Miles. <laughs> oh, I'm the sidekick now. Yeah. So go ahead. No, Intro the next segment. No, I'm kidding. What? Okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> See how it falls apart when I put Jen in charge? That's okay. I can do it. Um, Mark Hazen, senior planner, marketing, and sales, is going to talk about the 2021 Nissan Titan. Hey guys, thanks for having me. You're welcome. How are you? Doing great on this uh, rainy Saturday afternoon in Nashville. I'm just letting Jen take over, Mark. She's just falling apart. She's kicking my chair because she was like, <laughs> I was letting her do the interview, but she doesn't want to do it. Uh, Nashville has crazy weather. I, I don't know if Nissan knew that when they moved there. Um, but my, my business partner is in Nashville and he was like, I knew it was hot in the summer, but I didn't know it was so crazy in the winter with the, the, all the storms and the flooding and uh, that sort of thing. But I'm sure you got used to it. Haven't you, Mark? Oh yeah. We've been here a while and it's, uh, it's just part of normal, right? Yeah, absolutely. The Titan remodel was absolutely outstanding. And by the way, I've been to the Nissan design center or NDA as they like to call it, non-disclosure center in in uh, southern yeah, we, we like our acronyms yes in in southern california wow um so many so much cool stuff there um seeing the uh, the guys do all of their clay models etc etc but now this vehicle is uh, is a bit of a jaw dropper because i like to call it the uh, and, and especially the 2021 but i like to call this vehicle one of the vehicles which is probably the most underrated it has some of the best sa- uh, things in class some of the best features in its class especially safety and technology and uh, at the same time a lot of people uh, tend to skip over it not think about it and they're really missing out when it comes to some of the things like horsepower that 5.6 liter v8 best in class horsepower at 400 um, and the nine speed automatic transmission what a huge difference that make i've got a 2018 that we used for our animal rescue rig and when i jump in the 21 
um, it's like, is this the same vehicle? <laughs> because the change is immense. Yeah, yeah, you're right on there. We've got some some great claims with the uh, the truck with the most standard horsepower, tech, and safety features in its class. And not only that, but we've got the five year, hundred thousand mile mile bumper to bumper warranty. Five years, hundred thousand miles. That's uh, a lot of protection there. Yeah, you have to do, um, have to do a lot of driving for that, by the way, don't you? Yeah, you do. You talk about being a little bit underrated. You know, after we launched in with the 2020, uh, one of the one of the comments that uh, we got is, uh, "Truth is, Titan is one of our favorites. If you get behind the wheel, we're confident it'll be one of yours too." You know, we hear that all the time. Where we get we get dealers, we get customers uh, that say, "You know, I didn't know this truck was so great, but once I sat foot in it." It is a it is a wonderful truck. So it is it's definitely one that, you know, if we can just get uh, get people in it, they are excited just like we are. I think once you peel back the onion and you look at some of the real experts out there, so there's these sort of peripheral truck magazines, truck writers, those type of guys who, you know, sort of reach in press releases and, and you read a lot of those guys. But when you... You know, Sean Call, you know, that some of the real hardcore guys, when you get down there um, and you start reading their stuff, this comes out as one of their favorites. And, and when you read the hardcore truck guys, <laughs> you're like, yeah, they get it. Uh, and I love to see yeah. that. Uh, Sean Holman is, is a perfect example of that. Those, those sort of guys who really get it when it comes down to trucks. And the idea is that you also have created this kind of interesting space with the XD, which doesn't quite fit into the sort of the 2500 size and, and, and is slightly larger than the 1500. So it sits between, um, which is the perfect size of truck, because some people need a little more and not quite the big size of truck. So you've made the magic size, too. Yeah, you're right on there. It's, uh, it's not that, that uh, big 2500 um, but it gives you a little more towing capability, gives you a little more bed size, um, it just does a little bit more. And it's not just, you know, we added a transmission cooler and beefed things up. You know, it's it's a completely different truck with a, um, improved frame, um, running gear, everything is, is upgraded. It's not just a, just a transmission cooler thrown on top. And, you know, you talk about that, uh, that 5.6 liter V8 and the true truck enthusiasts, you know, one thing that, that I love about that is the sound of that truck, right? Yeah. You know, you get that throaty exhaust. It is just, you know, if you're a true truck guy, you really love that sound that, uh, that we've been able to uh, come up with. Yeah. And you know, the best part is starting it in a garage <laughs> because then you really yep. get it. So I have a big garage. I just built a, a big garage outside my house and starting in the garage is like, ooh, because it really throws it off around the garage wall and then you, you really feel it before you even pull out. The, uh, one of the things about the, the warranty that you offer is I, I talk to a lot of guys in you know, places like Mitsubishi and, and Hyundai and, and Kia and they took big risks in offering their 10-year 100,000-mile warranty. It's slightly different from yours because they're mostly cars. Mm -hmm. But it's a big risk to go offer these sort of warranties because as a, as a company, when you do that on a vehicle, you can end up upside down. Um, so the confidence you have to have is really strong. Yeah, we feel really good about this truck. Um, you know, we we backing it with that warranty. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not seeing uh, big 
major issues that have made us rethink that decision. Um, you know, we feel really confident in where we are and, and believe it was a good choice. I always tell people that 70% of the modern safety features that you see on vehicles came out of Nissan Infinity. Um, mm -hmm. You know, 360 camera, perfect example. So I love that. Yeah. I love the bird's eye. Yeah, I mean, you, this is exactly what you've done on this vehicle. I mean, not to say you, you, there's a lot on this vehicle that was on the last generation, but you're just adding to it. And when I sit in this truck, I'm thinking, I don't see that on competitors' vehicles. And you've packed it in. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the uh, the classic exclusive standard rear automatic braking. How many times have you been in the grocery store and you look one way, you look the other, you start to back up, and then some crazy guy comes down the lane? Yeah. And, you know, with, with this truck, it's going to stop you, and it's going to prevent that, that uh, parking lot accident. And, you know, I had it happen to me just two weeks ago sitting at the grocery store, that same thing happened in the truck in the truck it stopped me it, it prevents those incidents that that might be minor but um and, you know and that's standard you know everybody else they have to walk up in the um in the grades to be able to get that automatic braking. You know, we offer it on the very bottom trim standard with all the vehicles right along with all the other safety things you talked about with uh you know high beam assist and um, intelligent forward collision warning, that's another big one, too. How many times have you been cruising down uh, stop-and-go traffic and, you know, you, you get a little distracted and, um, you know, it prevents that, that rear-end collision just yeah. the same. So it, uh, it's phenomenal. I So when I was at your um, NDA in San Diego, um, Janelle Grigsby, your uh, West Coast PR manager, was good enough to furnish mm -hmm. me with uh, um, one of your n nice new Titans. And I decided to go to the grocery store, um, to, to grab some, you know, refreshments. And I, it's San Diego, right? So it's small. I mean, there's, there's nice little markets here and there. So I parked in the parking lot outside the market, not thinking I was driving a, a nice big truck. And I came out and there was a poor Asian lady standing behind my truck because she couldn't back her car out of her space opposite me. Because <laughs> I had to apologize, and I, I just I managed to get it out fine, but she wasn't confident enough. She was trying to back out and couldn't make the corner, and she had to wait for me to back out the space. So I felt mm. kind of bad about it. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, tr it's a big truck. Um, you, you, I yeah. told her I'm, the, I really apologize. Cameras, <laughs> yeah, the cameras do make it a lot easier, make it feel smaller. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the round view camera, the backup camera, that front camera makes a difference when you're pulling into those tight spots. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it helps tremendously and, you know, people like big trucks. And so we're trying to make it, uh, not feel Easier, like a big yeah. truck, um, but still have those, those creature comforts that make it uh, a little easier. I like the fact you can see cameras on the tires too, as well. So let's talk about starting price before we run out of time. Uh, where does it start? And I'm sure it goes as much as you want to put onto the truck. Yeah, we, um, so we've got uh, multiple offerings, of course, so multiple trims, starting with the uh, the S trim all the way up to the Platinum trim. And uh, I believe you are in the Platinum trim um, with with your loaner. Is that right? Uh, I think it was the Pro 4x4, was it? The the nice kit. I can't even remember now. It was a, a few weeks uh, ago. Yeah, so our, our, we're starting at uh, 36650 Right. Uh, and, and walk up from there. And so that's super competitive. Now that's a that's a V8, you know. So that that gives you everything you want. Um, so 
V8 King Cab. And we offered in the the crew cab. We offer two wheel drive, four wheel drive. And as you mentioned earlier, the the King Cab or the uh, the XD as well. We have a lot of options there. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots, just lots pa- to pick from. pages uh, of options to satisfy you. Um, it's it's good. It's a great truck. If you're thinking about a truck, uh, you, you shouldn't buy one until you've test drove this at least, because it should make up yes. part of uh, of what you buy as a truck. Lee, listen, thank you for taking part of your weekend out. It was an enjoyable time in this, and I, I really had um, uh, a good time uh, driving it. It's probably one of the best uh, trucks I've driven in a long time. I had a really, really good time um, driving it, and I... I will enjoy my time in the truck. Talk to you soon. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Um, so, Jen, who did you vote for in the, uh, the, in the Ford Frenzy? Um, mine didn't win. All right. That's not what I asked you. It was the... Um... Can't remember? No. Too long ago? <laughs> Alzheimer's, yeah, what's going on? Well, I like the Fairlane, the Ford Fairlane. That yeah. was one of the ones I liked. But it was, um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank. All right, good. I could see it. Nice to have you on the show today. Yeah, I also, know. Ted Ryan joining us from uh, Ford. He's the Archive and Heritage brand manager. So uh, this was your sort of March Madness with cars. Is that right, Ted? That's it. We uh, picked 64 Fords and uh, had to leave some qualified ones off the list, and we we pitted them up head to head, seated one through sixteen, and uh, just last week we got our winner. Uh, surprising me to me, the winners, but uh, uh, we do have a winner. So down to the last eight, who who looked who looked favorable in the last eight? Well, the the stunning thing to me was uh, both of the Ford GTs. We had the classic '65 GT40. I mean, the the car that, that uh, tried to beat Ferrari, and by the time he got to the Mark II, did so. We had the Mark One. Uh, got beaten by the Shelby GT350 and the 2017 Ford GT uh, was taken out in the real shocker by the 2020 uh, GT500. Uh, I mean, if I'm pulling those four cars up in your driveway, Nick, and, and saying you can only have the keys to one, which one are you taking? Uh, <laughs> uh, I know. It's like those choices between, like, you can't make one, you know, which to give up, bread or pasta. <laughs> oh wow! You know, I would, like I would have taken the the, the yeah. classic GT would have been my choice, but it it got beaten by the GT three fifty. Yeah, it's yeah. I probably would have kept the three fifty to well, be honest with you. And what's really funny is the Raptor was against the Model T. I mean, well, that, that's easy for me. What would you pick? The Raptor. The Model D won that segment. Yeah, but you see, that tells me the age group of people that were voting probably. Right. There's probably a lot more gentlemen voting than they were uh, the Yahoos. Just wait a minute. What? Gentlemen voting. <laughs> yeah. Rather I would have picked the Raptor. Yeah. Because Yahoos. Yahoos would have picked the Raptor and gentlemen would have picked the Model T. Okay. See how, I, see, the, the see how I did that though, Ted? See, see how I did that, Ted? I classified people where you could choose one, either one of those categories and not be insulted. Mm, <laughs> you just insult everybody. 
Um, sorry, <laughs> the classic was what? The classic was the Continental 56 Continental Mark II got beaten by the 55 Fairlane, which just stuns me. And for our European friends, the the uh, which one? The RS uh, got beaten by a uh, by the Skyliner, I think. And, Wait, 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 wait. Hang on a second. How did Europeans get into this? This was March Madness. What have they got to do with March Madness? Uh, Because uh, Jay Ward, one of my good friends at Ford, uh, uh, he stuck uh, six uh, classic uh, English cars in there. Uh, It wasn't just American cars. We had the Falcon from Australia. uh, And Jay was trying to drum up support uh, in England to get uh, it was all, all the voting took place on Twitter. Jay kept tweeting out, come on, we've got to support our cars. There it is. Uh, the 2014 Focus RS uh, was yeah. beaten by the, which one? The 2017 Ford GT. Okay. Yeah, Here's another good that. one. 1971 Pinto over the 2020 Mustang GT500. Which one would you have picked? Uh, <laughs> I mean, but a lot of people might have gone, you I know, the Pinto. The Pinto. Cause Pinto. Was that uh, the Wayne's World car? I don't know. I didn't really watch that. Uh, <clears throat> what? Yeah, it's a lot of these are interesting choices. But again, you know what? I I can't choose for America or the world. But you're not supposed to. That's the All whole right. point. So what were the final four? Uh, the final four were the GT350, uh, the 2017 Ford GT, the uh, 65 uh, GT Mark I, and the 2020 <laughs> Uh, GT500. I see a theme uh, here. Mm-hmm. I see a theme. <laughs> so, the Power winner wins. The, six, the winner was the 65 Shelby uh, GT350. And mm. you can't really blame that. I mean, that just sold at auction a couple weeks ago for, uh, for more than a million dollars. And wow. it is a classic vehicle. So, that's so interesting to me. And so, the outcome of this is just the winner gets a lot of press, I guess. That's it. The winner gets press and uh, our internal pool, uh, the the performance team, uh, guy Kevin Kennedy from the performance team took that uh, title home from uh, our internal communications uh, uh, staff. And next year I may do it different. I may I may pit the antique cars against the antique cars, the Mustangs against the Mustangs, and uh, and see and get a final four that has a little bit more diversity. Maybe we'll end up with a. A Model T versus a, a GT. Although, frankly, I think anytime you put a Mustang GT in there, it's, it's probably going to win. Yeah, definitely. Damn you, Mustang. This is awesome. <laughs> I love the way this turned out. I can't wait for next year. Yeah, it's. and I think now once you've got a little bit of traction in this, you're probably going to get a whole bunch more people interested next year. Because the post-game well, post is a little bit more, you know, a little, a little bit. The, the dissection of what happened is going to get more interest. Mm-hmm. I want to get the media to help me with the seeding as well. So maybe you two will, will help get to, to say whether a Pinto is a 12 seed or a 16 seed or, a, you know, yeah. a, uh, the, the, the switch it up a little bit. Thank you. Yeah, you know, every if it has GT in the title, it's definitely going to be like in the, you know, well, in the top I, 10 and seed. And I love the older cars, the classic cars. Maybe what you need to do is start much earlier with every Ford card and their, uh, car and, and, and truck and SUV and start seeding them like a, you know, half a year out and then have people exactly. like seed them. There you go. And then all the new stuff that we don't know about can be an embargoed section. Yeah, just send us the new stuff. We'll seed it. We'll seed it for you. We'll seed all the new stuff coming out for you. Just send it to us. <laughs> 
I also had a bunch of people yelling at me for cars I didn't put in. I mean, somebody's oh, like, how could you leave the Grand Torino out? Yeah. Uh, how can you leave this out? So uh, it was hard to get down to 64, and we wanted a geographic diversity and uh, to get some cars in from yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. I, wanna, I definitely want to do it next year, and I want to take some of the key learnings. I want to get the media involved. I, I do like your idea of starting it earlier and yep. winnowing it down. And yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's fun. It was whole, good. The whole purpose was for people to have a water cooler conversation about what their favorite cars were. Well, you definitely won on that one, my friend. Uh, you did a great job. Uh, Ted Ryan is the Ford Archive and Heritage Manager. You know, there you have it. Who won the Ford Frenzy? You can check it out online. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is Our Auto Expert Radio Show. Our Auto Expert on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, ask a car question, just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Joining us as he does every single week to talk about what's going on in the autonomous, electric, and business world of automotives, Anton Wallman, independent analyst and investor. He also writes for The Street and Seeking Alpha. So, Tesla in China, the best month ever over over 35,000 units sold. However, that's still under 17% of the total EV market in China. Uh, I played the audio earlier to much of the shock of everybody of the young lady in China who stood on top of a vehicle. Uh, here it is again, if you didn't hear it earlier. It's She stood on top of a vehicle at the Shanghai Auto Show screaming because her brakes didn't work and eventually got carted off by the police. Uh, so not everybody's happy with Tesla in China, right, Anton? Yeah, there's a little bit of a political slash cultural phenomenon also in China. As you may know, uh, you are not being treated very gently if you uh, protest the government in China. Right. Witness Tiananmen Square when we were uh, little teenagers, uh, Nick, back in 1989. And uh, so uh, the Chinese consumer has taken to uh, attacking certain brands when they feel like it, when they feel like they've uh, received extraordinarily poor quality or poor con customer service. So in this particular instance, most recently here, they uh, they went after Tesla. But I think that's a little bit the phenomenon that's going on there. If you can't protest the government, then you, know, you go absolutely bananas on some company. And in this case, Tesla was on the receiving end. So obviously she is not happy with them, but Tesla sales uh, seem to be okay compared to previous, but not necessarily the whole market. Well, so, you know, you can look at this from different perspectives, Nick. Uh, clearly, uh, the, on the positive side, Tesla's grown sales from about 10,000 cars per month where they were at uh, just about six months ago to now about 35,000 cars per month, most recently here in the month of March. On the other hand, the EV market as a whole is, of course, also growing in China, and Tesla remains under 17% of the unit growth in China. Of course, Tesla sells cars that are on average much more expensive than the average EV sold in China. So they may have a slightly larger market share when measured in dollars, but in terms of units, it's still below 17%. Interestingly enough, um, Tesla was sort of invited into China uh, by the Chinese government, and they were very helpful in helping them build factories, etc. But it's 
I mean, it's the same pretty much as any other company. China's just happy to have a piece of the Tesla pie, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, we can all speculate as to what were the precise reasons why uh, both the uh, national Chinese government as well as the province of Shanghai, in this case, that really rolled out the carpet for uh, Tesla. You may recall that they built this factory in record time. I mean, it's things like permits and, you know, anything that it would take to get this done as fast as possible. They certainly got the red carpet treatment. Uh, one might speculate. My uh, theory is that the Chinese basically needed to find out, let's see here, if we can get Tesla in, they've got this big name all of a sudden. Is there some technology we can steal from these people? So let's make sure that we basically get them to build as fast as possible, see if there's anything there. I don't know how many workers they've got going there, 10, 15,000 or so, but they probably have a couple of hundred people there that represent the other competitors and the government to figure out, does Tesla really have anything special? And now, most recently, you may have seen that not just this lady protesting, but the government itself is uh, basically telling Tesla to uh, beg for forgiveness for a whole list of things. And they may simply have found out that, gee whiz, Tesla actually doesn't have all that much valuable intellectual, intellectual property that's worth stealing. So now they're not as valuable to China anymore. Interesting. Uh, there's a huge amount of electric vehicles coming. You have been saying this for almost as long as I've known you, but especially in the last three years, Fast and Furious keeps, keeps them coming. Uh, can you even keep track of the number of EVs? I mean, in my head, every time I start counting, I sort of get lost in September. Um, and there's, you know, I, I learn about new vehicles every day. Uh, I was with the president of Jeep this week, and uh, we started listing off all the new Jeeps that are coming this year. And, uh, you know, there's a new electric, uh, some sort of electric Grand Cherokee coming. And I said, is it going to be a BEV or a plug-in hybrid? And he said, I haven't told you yet. That will be announced later in the year. Well, if you haven't told me, that suggests it's maybe a BEV. Yeah, I think in that particular instance, uh, certainly Jeep now has to start showing at least concepts or near production ready concepts of BEVs. They did so with a Wrangler at the, uh, you know, that Utah Safari. Yeah, Jeep, thing, uh, East, uh, East yeah, Jeep Safari, yeah. Easter Safari, Easter Jeep, about a month or so ago. And I'm sure that won't be the last one. In the meantime, for near-term production, it's really mostly plug-in hybrids for them. So I think we're pretty uh, clear that in terms of production within the next 12 to 18 months, we're really talking about plug-in hybrids. But this is the time when Jeep uh, is going to have to start showing uh, their near-production-ready concepts for the pure EV revolution that they simply cannot avoid unless they want to keep paying very heavy fines. In the meantime, you know, alphabet soups come abound from Mercedes and others, EQA, EQB, EQC, EQD, I mean, EQS, EQE. I, I mean, there are so many of them, again, that, I mean, we cannot keep track of them, Nick. I mean, this is really, they're over 500 in the pipeline, over 500 pure electric vehicles, not even counting the plug-in hybrid stuff. Um, I noticed, because the Shanghai Auto Show just went on, there was a long list of vehicles, which we clearly don't get here in the U.S., but they were priced under $5,000. And some of them look like my kid would buy them from Toys R Us or whatever the place they buy toys are now. I mean, they really did look like kids' cars. So why aren't they available in the U.S.? Uh, two reasons, Nick. Number one, crash standards. <laughs> They're very different in China and some other geographies than they are in the United States. And secondly, the U.S. consumer is not all that thrilled about vehicles with a short range. 
the U.S. consumers has, on average, large parking spaces, large garages. They want big trucks, and they want them with very long range. That's why the North American market, the U.S. market in particular, is so dramatically different from almost all the markets in Asia, most of Europe, and frankly, almost all of the other emerging markets. The only other market outside of North America that looks at least a little bit like the North American market is this Middle East market, this whole Dubai, United Arab Emirates, and Saudi Arabia. That's probably the one market outside of North America that kind of looks like North America, but everybody else is smaller, cheaper, shorter. Interesting. I mean, they, they look fun, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I was guessing that was because the Chinese don't uh, value crash safety as much as we do. How will consumers take a um, and to make, you know, gasoline in regular cars more expensive because it looks like we're pushing EVs so hard. Uh, one thing that's going to happen is that Washington is going to put up the price of gasoline and that looks like it's coming. That's right. So there are a few ways by which the government can achieve the goals that they are now setting in terms of going to an all electric future by plus or minus 2035, only a short 14 years from now. You can either mandate the whole thing without anything else, basically forcing the automakers to sell only electric vehicles, which of course means that they're going to have to make them profitable, which means that they're going to have to raise prices dramatically on the non-electric vehicles to pay for this thing. And to some extent, all the automakers are doing that as we speak. Secondly, you could have the government outright subsidizing the electric vehicles, which, which is fine as long as the money is free and the printing prices are rolling, but that only has a limited amount of potential, as we may hopefully have learned from history. And then thirdly, they can tax the non-electric vehicles. And that is, of course, the approach that certainly many countries in Europe have taken, most notably Norway and Denmark, that have simply added on the highest taxes on non-electric vehicles. And those taxes come not only in the form of the price of the fuel, which, while very high in those countries, do not represent the highest tax of them all. The big taxes up front, basically when you purchase the vehicle, there's a giant, essentially a 100% excise tax on the vehicle when you buy it. So when you're walking out the uh, Toyota dealer and wanted to buy that regular RAV4 Limited uh, that is not a hybrid or a plug-in or anything for 35000 well, in Norway, that thing is uh, 70000 plus tax. And, of course, there is no such tax on the EV. So at that point, many consumers, most notably above 75% of them or so, are then choosing to buy a BEV. Interesting. And, of course, as vehicle prices go up as well, we probably have to find better alternatives. Uh, we don't want uh, vehicle prices to go up too much because uh, raw materials, of course, are going up in the pandemic. But if they go up too much, uh, you know, people aren't going to be buying vehicles, and that puts jobs at risk, doesn't it? That's right. So the uh, cost uh, in terms of producing a new vehicle actually hits EVs slightly more than a non-EV. And the reason for that is that in t when you measure the lifetime cost of an EV, in an EV, it's a higher percentage of that lifetime cost is upfront because you're paying for that giant, very expensive, energy-intensive battery. And then over time, you're supposed to accrue savings against that because the ongoing fuel is supposed to cost less. So when uh, the industry is being hit by these materials costs for silver, for copper, for uh, you know all of these other various components that go into making a battery and the structure around the battery, then uh, the fundamental cost of building any car, but especially EVs, 
goes up uh, disproportionately. So uh, the consumer is really in for a very cold shower here, Nick. I've been saying yeah. this thing for uh, almost a year now, yeah. and people yeah. are going to realize this over the next year or two. This is yeah. going to be hitting uh, people with an ice bucket over the head imminently. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and and they won't take any any advice until it actually happens. Anton Walmart, independent analyst and investor, read the majority of his stuff at the Street and Seeking Alpha. Nobody in this industry knows more uh, than on those subjects about electrification, EVs, and the business than Anton does. More our auto expert on the way you're listening to our auto expert over 12,000 people have downloaded our auto expert podcast and many more streamers join the happy listeners via the pandora app apple podcast spotify and our hours of endless fun await you i'm nick miles and this is our auto expert radio show where two million americans get their automotive news daily uh interestingly enough went to i know it sounds a bit um snobbish just kidding. no i'm just kidding <laughs> what were you gonna it, say it sounds uh what's the word i'm looking for uh cliche it sounds a bit like a cliche uh-huh. to go to tucson arizona to drive the hyundai tucson no, it makes sense. Just like you went to Kona to do the Kona, right? Oh, yeah, we do that a lot with Hyundai, don't we? Yeah, I love it. Do we go to Santa Fe to drive the Santa Fe? I don't know, but... Are we going to go to Santa Cruz to drive the Santa Cruz? Let's do it. Are we going to hell to drive the Hyundai hell? Oh, there isn't one. Wait. So, wait, that's Hellcat. <laughs> that's the wrong version. You know. Wrong. <laughs> uh, Chevrolet joining us on the phone to talk about the new Hyundai Tucson. So uh, did you enjoy your time in Tucson, Trevor? I always do when I'm there. Yes. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, party time in Tucson with a new Hyundai Tucson. And, of course, uh, everybody got to see the Santa Cruz, which we'll save for another day at the same time. But this uh, vehicle is getting quite a lot of interest because at launch, which is pretty unusual for any brand, at launch uh, you have three vehicles that you have announced, which is the uh, ICE version, the internal combustion engine, the hybrid version, and then uh, just behind that, you will have the plug-in hybrid version as well. So usually people sort of stagger them out. Um, and right. then the the N, the N line as well, Did which will be ICE version? Yes. Internal combustion engine, Jen. It's a motoring term. I know that. Thank you. <laughs> I was the, just shocked that you said ICE version. Yeah, that's all. Not vanilla, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and then you'll have the yeah. N, and then they, you'll have the N line, and maybe an N, who knows, in the future, would you? You know, because you guys at Hyundai are a little crazy. We are. You know, we cover a lot of bases with what we've got, and it's one of those things where Tucson is now going to be, it's now going to be our volume leader, right, for the Hyundai brand. So, therefore, that gives us the flexibility to not quite have 31 flavors, but at least have more flavors than we normally would. And you wanted to uh, you wanted to challenge boring, didn't you? You didn't want anything that was boring. Right. It's one of those things where we, if you take a look at the segment right now, it's very crowded and got a lot of players in there, but nothing really stands out in the in the in the public eye saying, "Wow, that's something that's very different, very distinctive, um, but in a broad appealing way." And I think that. Uh, their design team is executed on that very, very well. I have a saying uh, about a lot of vehicles nowadays. You have a lot of sayings. I do. But this one <laughs> saying is there's so many cars out there, or SUVs, that look like dead fish. And it's about time that we came up with things that didn't look like dead fish, which is awesome that you have. Uh, first of all, most noticeable is that the signal lights and the LEDs are embedded into the grill. 
Right, and the car is off. Uh, you don't see anything. You think it's a nice, just regular dark chrome kind of a grill. But when uh, you turn the Tucson on, the lights just appear through the grill, not through the empty parts, but through the actual, you know, painted parts or the uh, the chrome parts of the grill. Uh, shines right through as if it were magic. So spends a lot of time making things, small details like that, uh, available to the customers. And you've used the power of design. We, we saw we saw this in the Elantra, I think, first of all, but this sort of use of metal shaping to give a muscular feeling. Um, you know, instead of a door, which is a single panel with maybe some uh, waistline down the side, you've given it lots of different lines to, I would say, give it the appearance of being somewhat muscular with bulging shoulders and very straight angular lines in somewhat of a shaped body. That's right. That's one of the one of the many things that, that the design team has done to help Tucson stand apart from, from the competitors. Definitely no, no dead fish here. <laughs> uh, a lot of things that I like that are integrated that you have to sort of pay attention to. Roof rails already there um, with the vehicle. 200 pounds of weight, you can take that. Yeah, actually, the, uh, the, rate, uh, the, uh, the weight rating for that uh, 220 pounds, um, which I believe is what 100 kilograms does convert to, um, which is quite a bit higher than a lot of other competitors. Usually about 100, 150 pounds at most. Uh, we step it up quite a bit. And another thing that we've done, uh, one, th- one thing that we like to do with the roof side rails is have it on the majority of vehicles. I know some other competitors like to reserve that for the upper trims, but you know, if you're going to buy a support utility vehicle, utility is literally its middle name, right? So you want to have as much as you can for the consumer. So most of our T-Sons will have the roof side rails. I want to make sure, I mean, so give you an idea of what sort of weight that can take. Uh, a recliner is about 105 pounds, so you could get two recliners on the top. Just remember to take grandma and granddad out first before you put them on the roof. So that's about <laughs> what it will take. Um, and then the, the consumer had sort of indicated when you did your surveys for this vehicle, uh, about 40% of consumers indicated that they wanted something that was green, and 20% indicated that they want something that was plug-in. So you've given them the options to have that. Right. And the, the one of the greatest things about the hybrid that we have, so we're start off there, is that it's, it offers a significant fuel economy increase over the base gasoline engine. And we've already made quite a bit of an increase coming from the previous generation Tucson to the current new one that you've seen and driven. But the hybrid gets up to another 12 mpg more than its gasoline uh, all-wheel drive equivalent. Because right. remember, the hybrid and the plug-in hybrid for Tucson, standard H-Track all-wheel drive. Right. Even with 12 mpg additional, you're not paying two, three, four thousand dollars more. Right. It's only about roughly um, eleven fifty, twelve hundred dollars more yeah. than its gasoline equivalent. So you're getting a lot of bang for your buck there. You can get that back in a year if you do plenty of driving. And um, they, everybody wanted more room. You gave them more room. Trunk's big. Trunk is quite a bit uh, larger. It's one of those things where we took a look at uh, not only uh, the outgoing Tucson buyers, but other buyers in the subcompact CUV space, and said, "Hey." You know what can we do better with our next Tucson? And one of the uh, one of the many things that came back was uh, a larger a larger Tucson number one, but also specifically a larger cargo area. So when we take a look at the, our cargo area uh, in its maximum uh, volume configuration, you're looking at about 10 cubic feet more than before, which would make it uh, the leader in the class. Yeah, um, it, it's a great vehicle. Uh, yet to have 
to play with the plug-in hybrid. What are we talking about uh, starting price and uh, deliveries on this? When is that happening? The plug-in hybrid will be available a little bit later this year. We're looking at summer, right? So it's not going to be you know, half a year later or anything right. like that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about pricing when we, get, when we get to that point. I know we're still hammering it out with, uh, uh, with the mothership right now okay. uh, on that particular piece. But what I can say, you know, it's, it's, uh, you're getting about 32 um, all-electric miles yeah. uh, for the plug-in hybrid, and you're looking at about $6,500 or so on the uh, federal tax credit, right? Good. And that piece, just on the battery size alone. So, you know, those are some good numbers to start with. For, all right. Uh, so that particular solution. Thank you, my friend, for letting us know all about the Tucson. Uh, if you want to test drive one, you want to contact your local Hyundai dealer and find out when these arrive in dealerships. And they will be more than happy to facilitate your test drive as soon as they uh, they happen for you to do that. Um, I will tell they're you. They're in dealerships now. All right, they're now. So I guess a thumbs up from me. Thank you for listening to Our Auto Expert. You can listen to this show, watch our TV segments and videos, and my Tucson review at OurAutoExpert.com. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.